0: Guys being dudes Whoa. 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 Yeah
3: I am just an icon living, living, icon I, I living, Ooh. what's better than this? Guys, Being and dudes living. here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and FanRag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting with NDT Scouting, also with FanRag Sports. We are your hosts here on a Wednesday, hump day edition of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Hope you are ready for Christmas, which is right around the corner. Um, I, I certainly did my job of sitting down on Amazon.com a few weeks ago and not leaving my house and got all my Christmas shopping done. Kyle, how we doing? Welcome to the show. You ready for this, uh, this Christmas holiday? Yeah, I actually, uh, I need to come clean here. I did all of my
2: shopping yesterday. Did you go somewhere and shop? I did. There's a, there's, there are premium outlets in, uh, in my general area. And uh, kind of like the Tanger outlets, but they're they're more regional. And uh, the beauty of the outlets is you can go at, like, 9 and 10 in the morning, and it's during the work week, so there's nobody there. It was Beautiful. a ghost town. It took me two hours. I was at the shopping complex for two hours in and out. I was done. Got everybody done all in the same spot.
3: You uh, you made some decisions. That, so you went in. Did you have a plan, or did you just look at crap and say, I, "I'm just gonna get this"? You know, there there's a handful of people that
2: I had a plan with, but by and large, a lot of it was okay. What's gonna inspire me about you no, know, X person? No, it's yeah. You know, you know what types of stores to look in, and then you just let the gifts speak to you.
3: I have been petitioning my family, uh for several years now to not exchange gifts. Um, you know, like, all my brothers and sisters were all in our 30s or late 20s, or I guess mid-20s, my younger brother. Um, like, we don't need anything. It, my brother's got, you know, nieces, you know, his kids, so my nieces and nephews and stuff, they're, like, young, so that makes sense. But, like, just can we just get together and have a good time? Like, do, do we really need to, you know... Basically, just give everyone fifty dollar bills and then give them right back. <laughs> like what's like? What are we doing here?
2: Listen, no, that's that's part of the Christmas and holiday spirit. Is the gift exchange? There's a reason why it doesn't matter what your background or belief is. Everybody does gifts, Joe. You can't skimp on gift giving.
3: Man, I thought you were going to be right there with me, Kyle. Hey, no, I'm all and, about the holiday
2: and, spirit. I know
3: I didn't. You you're are such a Grinch. No, nah, I'm not a Grinch. I just, like, can Apparently we just not do the gifts? Like, I just, I don't need anything. I don't want to buy you anything. Can we just get together and enjoy each other's company and make a donation? So like, when was to... the
2: last time you got a gift from somebody where it was something that you had honestly been thinking about getting for yourself for, like, six months and you never got around to it?
3: Uh I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy at all. I don't want anything. If I want something, I would just get it immediately. Okay, um, how about a new microphone for recording this podcast? Is that on the way? Is. <laughs> I'll just make it a point here. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, somebody wanted to send me a microphone uh, for the podcast, a new upgraded microphone. Uh, DM me; I'll send you my address, and I'll be very thankful. There you go. Tis
2: the season. Let's hope. Let's hope that pulls through, <laughs> through for you, Joe. Somebody can. You hit think you up that's one funny? You
3: think that's funny? Watch. You watch. I'm gonna have me a nice. Uh, I don't even know. I've not even really looked into them. Whatever the nice ones are, someone's gonna send me that. I got if, a feeling.
2: If you guys would like to buy me Monster Energy drinks. <laughs> uh, please DM me. I'll send you my address and you can send me a monster
3: energy drink for Christmas. There we go. Kyle we, wants,
2: we both shot Kyle our shot wants
3: there. monster energy drinks and I want a microphone. All right. All right. Fair enough. Kyle, it is, uh, we're getting closer to this NFL draft, 126 days away. And you know, I've got a number locked and loaded that gets us ready uh, for that. 126 is also the total amount of points scored by Saquon Barkley, the Penn State running back this season. Seventh most points scored in the nation. That's 11 a game. And, uh, you know, for a guy that uh, lost a little bit of his, uh, his twinkle as the season went on, he's, he's still in the top ten scoring in the entire nation.
2: Yeah, that's, it's an impressive number. It's uh, a good illustration of how sorely Penn State has the potential to miss him next year. Uh, when he is you know, playing on Sundays because that's a lot of offensive production, eleven points a game. I mean shoot. No, they they ran their whole offense through Barkley this year and uh the games that Penn State struggled offensively were the games which, you know, Barkley was not afforded the opportunity to uh really get things going. But it's funny, you you, you sit there and you really think about like every game that Saquon played And there's, like, there's one play, the splash play, right? Like, even Ohio State, where the rushing yardage was bad, there was the opening kick return, and then, like, his first touch, like, his first rush of the game he broke for, like, maybe not necessarily the first rush, but one of his first carries was a long touchdown run. Like, it felt like he always had those, at least those handful of plays that, you know, some of them were on script, some of them were, later in games, but he, he always had
3: the explosive play, and I think that's one of his special qualities. Uh, one, one interesting nugget here is I look through the scoring leaders this year for college football, and I'm, I've got the top 30, well, top 40 in front of me, and there's a lot of ties, so this list is probably 50-plus. He and Rashad Penny are the only two players in college football, FBS, uh, that scored a touchdown as both a rusher, receiver, and a returner. So everyone else has not scored it in at least three ways. So that's, that's that
2: hip to Yeah, that's a good nugget. Joe, yeah. just, just quick put you into the gun. If you were going to have one of these guys returning kicks at the next level, who would it be? <laughs> Saquon, Kyle. <laughs> Saquon. Well, I thought it was an interesting question, though, because do you really yeah. want to trot your starting running back out there and have him return
3: kicks? Well, I thought the uh, no, I wouldn't do it anyways. But we're um, surprisingly Rashad Penny, who I think is not nearly the same caliber athlete as, as Saquon Barkley, had three return touchdowns yeah. this season. Yeah, he so. uh, he got
2: Arizona State good only one yes. early in the season. I mean, that yes. this is a nice nice little run back for him.
3: Want to pour one out, Kyle? Let's go ahead and
2: raise our glasses. Everybody want to. Lift your glass. It's time for the Wednesday weekly episode where we pour one out. And, uh, Joe, we're, we're going to be sandbagging on one team in particular uh, today on Pour One Out. I personally uh, would like to pour one out for poor, poor Clay Matthews, who was so sure that that wheel route was coming. Called it out at the line. Cam said, that's cute. Hold my beer and uh, made his check at the line of scrimmage and promptly throws a a touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey, who very quietly had a really, really nice week. I thought it was one of his better weeks as a pro. Uh, Over 130 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown, his fifth receiving touchdown of the year. But that whole exchange at the line of scrimmage, uh, I'm so thankful that that referee was standing over the ball preventing that ball from being snapped because that is one of my favorite singular moments within a football game that I can remember ever since I started watching football. Uh, And I know Cam Newton's kind of a polarizing figure uh, for for a lot of people. I also know that in the uh, Charlotte community, he's very active and does a lot of great things in that community too. So just to show both sides of the coin here, I'm kind of neutral on Cam. Cam doesn't bother me. I don't love Cam, but I love that moment where he knows he's got you right on the end of the line. He's got you exactly where he wants you, and he pulls the bait and switch, makes his quick check at the line of scrimmage, and talks trash about it while he does it. That's the best part. He looks him dead in the face and says, that's that's cool. Watch this. <laughs> Boom. Makes the check, throws the touchdown. I, I just thought it was a great moment within the game. Uh, and that that score uh, was the the final margin between the two. Is that the score ended up
3: being thirty one twenty four Carolina? Kyle, yeah, like you said, I'm gonna I'm gonna pour one out. We're gonna keep it here with the Green Bay Packers, and I'm just gonna pour one out for the entire team this year. Uh, they are officially eliminated from playoff contention this year with their loss to Carolina, and then the Falcons' win against the Buccaneers on Monday night, and. Uh, a couple reasons why I wanted to go in this direction. There's no shortage of options this week. I mean, between Jerry Richardson, NFL officiating, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, I mean, there is there is no shortage of, of poor one-outs this week. But I want to go with the Packers because this is fairly significant. It snaps an eight-season, an eight-consecutive-season streak of making the playoffs for Green Bay, and they've made the playoffs – uh, every year since 1993, except six times, including this year. So uh, the playoffs are something that are very regular for Packers fans. It's just what they do. At the end of the year, they keep playing. Uh, and as you know, uh, Kyle and I are Bills and Dolphins fans, so uh, we don't get this uh, nearly as frequently. But uh, yeah, I had a guy on Twitter that I, I came across his tweet. His name is Bill Johnson, So uh, just so that everyone doesn't think I'm just sandbagging someone. He's at... B Johnson six one three. He tweeted this out a few weeks ago, and it hit home with me because it uh, it um, it made me realize just how spoiled some of these fan bases are. He said, "Many of you, many of you have criticized me for supporting this Thompson and McCarthy regime. Well, I still appreciate everything they've done. This is the second time they don't have an adequate backup for twelve, and it will kill a season. Inexcusable. Kyle, could you imagine?" The biggest gripe that you have with your head coach and general manager that they didn't have a good enough backup quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be a Hall of Famer, who replaced a long-term Hall of Famer in Brett Favre. What a problem to have, man! That uh... so I am I am pouring pouring one out with a little bit of a smirk uh, today that the Packers are eliminated from postseason contention. You know that's uh,
2: that's some pretty legitimate. First-world problems there. <laughs> that uh, you know the back, backup QBs uh, not good enough to carry your team to the postseason uh, as they now sit. What's their record? S- seven and seven. Seven and seven. A hard life you guys have. Seven losses. Um, <laughs> you know what? I didn't think Brett. You no know, Did Brett set the world on fire? No. I thought Brett did a nice job coming on down the stretch a little bit for the Packers. He won him a couple football games. He he uh, didn't turn the ball over nearly as as much in the the second half of his starts for the year. Uh, thought he he by and large uh, yeah, he had six interceptions in two games, uh, and one of those games was against Baltimore. They got shellacked and teed off on. The other one was against Minnesota. They got shellacked and teed off on. Uh, every other game, uh, aside of the New Orleans game, which was his second start, uh, which was a disaster, you know, you look at the last six games that the guy started, he they were three and three. Now uh, they lost to Detroit, they beat Chicago, they lost to, to Baltimore, they lost to Pittsburgh when they should have beat Pittsburgh, and Humley played his best game of the year against Pittsburgh. They beat Tampa Bay and they beat Cleveland. So, no, no. Breaking news: Brett Hundley is not Aaron Rodgers. Sorry to say, but I thought if you look at the total body of work, and you don't get swept up in the week to week of a team that's kind of on the fringe of of playoff relevancy, I thought his overall body of work as a backup quarterback that came in and had had to spot start seven games, I thought he was just fine.
3: Yeah, yeah. It really it comes down to. Uh, they didn't have a plan for him. Like he was, yeah. he, it took so long to get for him to find some rhythm, and uh, you know it's it's almost like they never thought there was a chance Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be playing snaps for them on a right. Sunday, and and so they were caught with their their, uh, their you know their eyes in the headlight there a little bit, and uh, you know be mad at the defense. The defense is in the bottom half of the NFL in every category: run defense, pass defense, sacks, all of it. And uh, they didn't do a good enough job replacing what they lost on defense in Micah Hyde and Julius Peppers. Uh, and, and some other folks that are escaping my mind right now, but uh, you know that that's the issue there—the the middling to below average defense that um, they couldn't rely on—and and what a tough stretch, like you said, for Hundley. I mean, right off the bat with the Vikings and Saints, who are going to be you know top three seeds in the in the N, uh, NFC, and then uh, the Steelers and the Ravens, who have a great defense. I mean, that's a—it's not like they're playing. You know, a cupcake schedule that they can kind of coast through. And then he had to go out there immediately against some of the most elite teams in the NFL this year. So right, and just
2: to kind of put the cherry on top of your point here, Joe, uh, defensively, uh, Green Bay defense. Some of these point totals allowed. If you skip Week One, in which they beat Seattle seventeen to nine, they gave up thirty four points to Atlanta, twenty four points to Cincinnati. 14 points to Chicago. Remember that number. That's going to be a theme here in just a second. 31 points to Dallas. 23 points to Minnesota. 26 New Orleans. 30 Detroit. 16 Chicago. Hey, under, under 20 points to the Bears. 23 points to the Ravens. 31 points to the Steelers. 20 points to the Bucks. 21 points to the Browns. This past week against Carolina with Aaron Rodgers back in the lineup, 31 points. This scoring defense is bad the two of the three best performances they had were against the Chicago bears who have you and I running routes on the, on the boundary. So there's, there's a whole, (laughs) if you want to start throwing blame at the front office, I think you could look a whole lot of the places other than your backup quarterback.
0: Hey folks, Dirks Bentley here. If you've seen one of my concerts, you know, I'm all about energy performing, recording, traveling, being a husband and a father. It's a busy life. And I need to be 100% every day. So when my battery starts running low, I grab a sugar-free, vitamin-packed 5-hour energy shot. It tastes great, and it gets me back to 100% fast. Try it. It could work for your busy life, too. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com
3: Yeah, and this is probably as bad as we'll talk on the Green Bay Packers again for another ten years. Yep. But uh, uh, for one day, we get we're pouring poor one, out one out for the out. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Those poor Packers. Kyle, we've got a fun show concept here to, to kind of get us through the rest of this thing here, and, and it's something you came up with. So why don't you introduce us and get us going? Yeah,
2: uh, we're going to do some word association, word and phrase association here today on Draft Dudes. Joe and I have each taken a couple minutes, and we've written down – 10 words or phrases as it pertains to the NFL, the NFL draft. Uh, other things that Joe may have spun off of here that I don't know, because we don't know what the other person wrote down. And what we're going to do is we're going to lot one another approximately 20 to 30 seconds to give the initial off-the-cuff reaction. Oh, Lord help us, this could get real ugly real quick. Uh, <laughs> Off the cuff reactions to the topics that the other one brings to the table. So, uh, with that in mind, Joe, I am going to give you your first word or phrase association, and I would like you to give me your immediate 20 to second response to that phrase or word. Sound good?
3: Yep, I'm nervous as hell, but I'm
2: looking forward to this. Okay. With the first overall pick, no. um, My first phrase I want to hear your initial reaction to is the value of two down interior defensive linemen.
3: Uh, I think it's stop. Football is still about running the football and stopping the run, and there's nothing more deflating than having a defense that cannot stop the run and just getting gashed over and over again, taking your will. Uh, So I think there is some value in in having those dudes that can uh, clog gaps. Kyle, I got the first one for you here, uh, and it is give me a Pro Bowl snub. Oh, and Dominic could sue.
2: No-brainer. Uh, I, I think uh, Kelsey not making the Pro Bowl, too, is a little shaky. I think Jordan, Jordan Poyer, Joe, and, and uh, Trey White really yeah, should Trey have w- been uh, Pro Bowl nominees. We would like to give a tip of the cap to uh, former guest of the draft dude, draft dude Alvin Kamara for getting named to the 2018 Pro Bowl teams. That's very cool. Uh, Alvin, when he took the time to talk to us back in the, the spring, was incredibly gracious with his time, extremely insightful as far as how he plays the position. So great to see a good thing happen to a great young man who who's looking at a very, very promising NFL future. Joe, I need to know your initial gut reaction to the event that is the Senior Bowl weigh-ins. <laughs>
3: Funnest part of the event, man. You've got uh, a group full of alpha males between every NFL decision-maker that there can be, every NFL head coach and coordinator and position coach, and then the the media watching a bunch of dudes walk across the stage in in spandex and evaluating their physique. And uh, it, it sounds really <laughs> weird, but it is a lot of fun, and it's... uh. It's such an important part of this uh, this whole evaluation process. All right, Kyle, uh, when I say this next phrase or this next word, give me a player or description that comes to mind. Mauler.
2: Quentin Nelson. Uh, is that the easy way out?
3: Uh, it is, but you've got like maybe 15 more seconds. Oh, man.
2: You know, Will Hernandez from UTEP is another one that, that really – Moves you off the line of scrimmage. Uh, Billy Price is that same way. And uh, I would even throw Orlando Brown from Oklahoma, an offensive tackle. So there you go. You get a center, a guard, and a tackle. All maulers. Joe, I need your gut reaction thoughts to the recent crop, speaking of Alvin Kamara, of Tennessee running backs and their usage at the college level.
3: I think Alvin Kamara's utilization in, in, in college was just fine. Uh, one of what I thought was a positive of Kamara was that he was a guy with low tread on his tires and a guy that I thought had shown enough in the reps that he's, that he had uh, that showed a really dynamic skill set. So I really appreciated. The fact that he came in with low mileage, despite you know, a large discrepancy in his production against you know, the amount of uh, touches he was getting. And I, and, I, and I say the same thing in the NFL. Part of what makes him so effective is his compliment, the way he compliments Mark Ingram and his usage. So I'm not screaming for more touches. They're using him effectively, and let's just enjoy it for that. Uh, Kyle, give me your reaction to the following name. Ronnie Brown. Wildcat,
2: right? Trigger man. Um, that, that game against New England, probably my favorite game as a fan of the sport. Um, would have loved to have seen what Ronnie would have been able to do had the injuries not kind of built up on him. Uh, that t- 2007 year for him looked like it was going to be really special. He was just short of 1,000 total yards uh, from scrimmage. I think he got hurt like... Week nine, you know he was on pace for just a monster year, and Cam Cameron was going to run him into the ground. But uh, good football player, you know, thankful that uh, he gave me some really positive memories of my team when I was, you know, in my teens and growing up.
3: Do you think he was worth the pick? It was, it was like a top five pick. Yeah, he, he had was, a thousand yards one time.
2: He was third. Uh, no, I don't think that that kind of production and. Lack of consistent durability. Like Ricky Williams was the better back, while they were mm-hmm. both there. Oh, good. like 2008 and beyond, they Ricky was the better back. So no, I don't think that that draft uh, slot as a top three pick was was worth it. And it really felt like it scarred the NFL for what half a decade for picking yep. running backs in the first round. Yeah. Just between yep. that and Cadillac Williams and Cedric Benson. And that dude, just, Cedric Benson. Yeah. yeah just yeah. really the whole. Crop just blew up in their face. So yeah, it's nice to see them coming back around on it. Yep. Joe, initial gut reaction to uh, this the following set of parameters for prospects. Who do you think the best draft eligible sophomore prospect is for the two thousand and eighteen NFL
3: draft? Cleveland Farrell. as uh, we talked about him this week, yeah, on Monday where I just think he's got a special skill set in terms of burst, bend, length, physicality, technique. Uh, he's everything you want in, a, in an edge-type pass rusher, and I think he's got the same type of traits that help him get after the quarterback, enable him to squeeze gaps and set the edge and flow towards the boundary. I think he's a really complete football player, and uh, for a redshirt sophomore, I, I, I actually don't even think there's a that's very hard. I don't even know who the, who the next guy would be, honestly. Derwin James or Sam Darnold? Uh, Derwin, ah, Jesus! I gotta go with the quarterback, Sam Darnold.
2: Sam Darnold over Derwin. There you go.
3: Is Derwin's not a sophomore? Is he?
2: Isn't he? He missed. I don't know. He missed all of twenty sixteen, with the exception of like one game.
3: Okay, he might be. Yes, Sam Darnold. Yeah, was the. My mind just went to Cleveland. Farrell, man. <laughs> that's how. That's. I guess that says a lot about where I think. Uh, you know of of his skill set.
2: Yeah. So Der, uh, Der, just to confirm, Derwin, a story from the Orlando Sentinel on February twentieth, twenty seventeen. Derwin James was re- granted a redshirt status for twenty sixteen. So he is technically a redshirt sophomore.
3: Okay. okay. All right. There you have it, uh, Kyle. When I use this word, give me the immediate player in this crop, this coming crop of, of prospects that comes to mind. The word is dynamic.
2: Oh man. Um, geez, Bryce Love, maybe? If Love comes out, uh, Bryce is lightning in a bottle. I think another good one will be DJ Moore, wide receiver from Maryland, who just declared uh, yesterday. Kind of guys that can take a touch in in tight space, break a tackle, uh, make a long explosive play happen with very little at their disposal when they receive the ball. Um, I'll I'll just leave everybody... uh, I highly encourage you, go watch the DJ Moore screen pass touchdown against Nebraska in 2016. It's like physically impossible for him to have scored on the play. He broke like eight tackles and ran like 80 yards. Just a a really electric and dynamic football player. Joe, your gut reaction when I say the word saucy cue... (laughs)
3: Oh, God, Kyle Krabs. Uh, That's it, Kyle Krabs uh, sitting at a table by himself with the folded-up napkin tucked underneath the collar of his shirt with uh, three NFL general managers sitting there trying to eat five pounds of barbecue meat, a pound of sauce, a pound of coleslaw, and I think like six full hamburger buns uh you got a general manager rooting him on the entire time uh, scouts are coming up to him saying you know kind of coaching him on saying it's about how you finish and don't be a quitter and all this type of stuff uh i got a periscope going uh we've got the whole pff crew there rooting him on uh we've got some of our contemporaries that wanted nothing to do with it and uh uh and how good the damn food is and how much i enjoy going back every year and being reminded of, of of such a great memory, man. That's the Senior Bowl, man. I don't, dude. It's it's the highlight of my year. Between just getting a first hand look at all the players and and uh, and being around anyone and everyone in the NFL for an entire week, but just the memories that we have, just hanging out and doing doing fun stuff, man. It's it's uh it's something that I I just it's the highlight of my year, honestly. I I'm sorry. I guess I went too long there. Too oh, um, yeah, Con- long, yeah. Kyle, uh, uh, give me your reaction when I say this person's name, Bobby Petrino. <laughs>
2: uh, Coach Petrino? Enough said. Enough no, said. no, no, no. Listen, I, I think, um, Coach Petrino's offense, with with what has been put on the plate for Lamar, um, I think, I think he gets a bad rap as far as. The, the system, because of Brian Brom coming out, uh, a guy that was supposed to be a really highly coveted draft pick and didn't didn't work out. and There's a lot of narratives around uh, Lamar Jackson and, and the reads that he's asked to make on the field, but you know, the route concepts that he runs are, are NFL route concepts. So uh, I would say maybe misunderstood as far as the passing offense. I think there's plenty of translatable stuff coming from Coach Petrino's passing offense to, uh, to the NFL.
3: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm surprised. I I, I think um, of all the things with the Arkansas story and him you know, the Falcons and and some of his uh, oh he's a mess his conduct. He's yeah, a mess. Just, yeah. and the, and you went right for the Lamar stuff. That was interesting. I'm uh, taking the high road here. All
2: right, Joe. You speaking of taking the high road here? Here you go. Uh, <laughs> Joe, your your initial response when I mentioned this prospect's name, and that prospect's name is Luke Falk.
3: Oh man. Um I, I don't I don't see draftable traits there, Kyle. Um I think that man, okay, I'm just gonna be real honest about this. I I think it's really weird when I scroll through my Twitter feed and I see people that are like intrigued by him or say like positive things because i just don't know how you can go to that tape and see a player that gives you any type of positive vibe about him playing quarterback in the next level um that's it i mean i just i just don't see a lot of appeal there uh kyle your reaction to this player's name roquan smith
2: yeah roquan uh good football player uh, my my comp that I came up for him, I know this is too little, too late. We did comps on Monday. Uh, I see a lot of Eric Kendricks in this tape, and I think that's a great thing. Some people um, may take that the wrong way and take that as a slate. Listen, Eric Kendricks is a really good football player, and he's a, a really good functional athlete. And I think Roquan Smith is a really good football player and a really good functional athlete. Um, I think Kendricks probably has a little bit more uh, explosiveness than what Roquan does, but Roquan hits harder. Um, and he he laid a hit on Nick Fitz uh, Fitzgerald this year that was just uh, it looked like a crash test dummy, uh, getting a free run off the second level and uh, kind of picking his way through an interior gap. Uh, explosive hitter, I think he's a. a very good starting option if you're looking for a starting linebacker in this uh, this draft class. Joe, your initial gut reaction to the 2018 offensive tackle class?
3: And a lot better than uh, we've seen in the last few years. I think we've got a, a really nice player in Connor Williams at the top of this class and a couple guys in Mike McGlinchey and Chiquamu, a core of four that I can get behind. Uh, there's uh, Orlando Brown, obviously, Uh, Some guys like uh, Mitch Hyatt, who's hit or miss for me. Brian O'Neal, who's got some ability. You know, I think that we've got a handful, even into, you know, maybe seven or eight guys that kind of have a a starter's profile that should go in the first uh, three rounds. So I'm, I'm a little bit higher on this tackle class than we have in years past. Not as many question marks as we've had. Um, even though we've seen some talented players. Like last year, it was like every one of them, there's something about them that, that really kind of push them down the board. I, don't, I think we're a little bit cleaner this year. Uh, Kyle, uh, give me your reaction or a player that comes to mind when I use the following phrase, heavy-legged wastebender." Oh, man, do I have to give you an example? <laughs> Who comes
2: to mind? What player? Oh, jeez. Um, Cody O'Connell, Washington
3: State. <laughs> Yes. Have you seen this tape? No, but I've I've heard your commentaries behind closed doors. Remember. Lord. Um guy guy's
2: six six I think like legit six eight six nine over three thirty and is just you No know, he just sits there and he takes up space. But if you ask him to do anything or extend his hands outside of his frame, the waist folds the feet stop. It's ugly. And I'm just I'm just gonna leave it at that. You know, that's you give me heavy heavy legged waistbender of the guys that I've watched this year, I'm looking at you um, Cody O'Connell, Washington State. Now I will say if I had to go for one from last year, uh, Dan Skipper, offensive uh-huh. tackle Arkansas, heavy legged waistbender. Joe Reaction to the
3: phrase T lizard? I, I guess I'm just surprised. Who, that, I think about when that first came about, like, does, did that person not know it was Kermit the Frog? I don't know who that was. Was that like Charles Barkley or somebody? <laughs> it's like, how, how do you, where do you go with T lizard? Like, uh, I'm thankful for it. Um, and then uh, Insufferable Kyle Krabs. And, um, uh, yeah, that's where is, my is mind that, goes. Is that me.
2: not the best kind of Kyle
3: crabs? It's the only kind of Kyle crabs, uh, right? It's, oh. No, foul oh. point. All right, here we go, Kyle. Your your gut reaction to this Chevy Spark?
2: Well, Brian Perez. Uh, <laughs> so, for those unfamiliar, um, the first year Joe and I was at the the Senior Bowl was two thousand and sixteen. And we linked up with Draft Breakdown's Brian Perez uh, for the week. At the time, we were doing some contributions to Draft Breakdown. And um, Perez uh, rented a car (laughs) for for the week, and he got this little rinky-dink Chevy Spark. Now, Brian always drove the car, so it was never a problem for Brian because he's not uh, as tall as Joe or I. But um, if you're not familiar with our builds... Uh, the YouTube commenters seem to think we are frail, skinny, skinny-fat uh, nerds in our basements. I'm two-ten, and Joe is... Joe, what are you, 6'3"? Yep. Yeah, big dudes. And it doesn't matter which one of us is sitting in the back of this coupe Chevy Spark, but it's like ramming... I don't it's like clowns in the it's clowns in the clown car. Where you're in the back and your knees are tucked up into your chest and uh, somehow I don't feel like Chevy's gonna be giving the Draft Dudes podcast an endorsement for where I'm going here, but uh I would highly recommend if you need to rent a car, elect to go a different direction than the Chevy Spark. You don't get a lot of leg room in the backseat. Joe, your reaction to the prospect Arden Key.
3: Oh, man, I wish uh, wish we saw him right this year, because when you watch the tape from last year, you see a lot of what I just talked about with Gleeland Farrell in terms of a, just the dynamic skill set with length, length flexibility, and technique. I mean, he's super flexible. His, his bend throughout his ankles and his hips is really, really special. And uh, this year, between the coming on, uh, entering the season with an injury and some of the things that unfolded throughout the course of the year, uh, just really... Derailed um, his season, and he's a guy that I mean, going into the year, um, he was you know he was all in that top ten mix, and now you know it's is he going to be in this draft? Does he have a lot to prove? What's going on with this player? So, just unfortunate that his season resulted in more questions than you know really delivering on what he dis- what he's displayed as a very dynamic skill set. Um, Kyle, your reaction to this phrase. Draft a quarterback every year or every other year? Every
2: other year, absolutely. I, um, I think that's the one position you really can't afford to get stagnant on. Um, listen, like the Green Bay Packers, you know, we just got done talking about how spoiled they are because Aaron Rodgers, um, has been there, and before that it was Brett Favre, and, you know, they haven't had to bank on a lot of backup quarterbacks, but, um, quarterbacks in limited reps um, can still establish value. I mean, this goes all the way back to Matt Schaub with the Falcons um, getting traded to the Houston Texans and and getting a starting gig for several years. And um, you you see teams that can flip a solid backup quarterback uh, for a mid-round pick if they show potential and they play well within your system. So... um, I think at the very least, it's an investment opportunity if a guy really fits your traits and you know, you're know you not necessarily pressed. What percentage of fifth and sixth round prospects make your team anyway? So why not invest in a guy that if you really feel like you, know, you want to commit two to three years with him being the third qu- quarterback on your roster, you can either A, have a really great quarterback situation, or B, you can turn around and flip that for a... Uh, improved draft capital pick later in the draft. My last one for you, Joe. Hand technique.
3: Oh, paramount! Uh, it's it's how you win win in in the trenches, man. You you got to have. I always say you got to have low pads and violent hands. So if you can do those two things, man, you got a chance to win a lot of reps. Um, if you're going to beat blocks, which is the name of the game. Uh, and you want to reset the line of scrimmage, and you want to rush the passer, you want to do anything that's anything important uh, in the trenches, both offensively and defensively. You got to get your hands involved. You got to know how to be able to use them. Uh, you, you're not going to show me an NFL defensive lineman that makes any types of type of plays that's not a result of, of really having a refined hand usage. So, you want to talk about an important trait, man. Uh, that's it. And I think when I think about some of my player, my favorite players that I've evaluated. Uh, in the last few seasons in terms of their ability to use their hands, the three names that come to mind, uh, Leonard Williams, Joey Bosa, and Jonathan Allen. I thought those three guys, man, just really special in their ability to use their hands and win reps. Uh, Kyle, uh, last one for you uh, is this one. Okay, give uh, give me your reaction or the player that comes to mind when I use the phrase, bad feet. Oh, geez. We could go a
2: couple different directions here. Uh, one that I would look at is uh, Royce Freeman, Oregon. Not a lot of spring, lateral spring. He's very linear. Uh, you want to talk about an offensive lineman. Um, uh, we, 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 Joe, you and I have talked a little bit about Braden Smith from Auburn, who entered the year as a really well-regarded player, and I think he can still start, but uh, he's got some issues with his feet that creep up and and really manifest themselves when he's trying to uh, roll his hips through contact and and push at the point of attack uh, where where that can be problematic for him. I think even working further down, you can get into uh, defensive backs and a corner like Jordan Thomas from Oklahoma uh the, all the athletic skills in the world, but as far as his feet and his transitions, it's a hot mess. So I I think of a plethora of different positions and the feet, you know, everything works from the ground up. Doesn't matter what position you play. So if you have bad feet, it's really gonna manifest itself in your film. And you can take a lot of different examples across a lot of different positions. Jill?
3: I think that was a job well done. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I I'm surprised you didn't take any Buffalo Bills jabs at me, man. Why would I? I
2: because you're Kyle Krabs. Okay, so ju- let's just put it on the table here at the end of the show before we wrap. Okay. Baltimore. Who if if Baltimore and Tennessee went out, it does not matter what happens to Buffalo. They will miss the playoffs, correct?
3: I I don't know. Uh, if if, well, if what kind if of ball, fan are what
2: kind of fan are you?
3: So you're saying under the scenario where Baltimore, Tennessee, and Buffalo all wins out, you're telling me the Bills don't make the playoffs? I believe so. I believe that's what I'm telling you. Get out of here. I don't know if that's true or not, but I, I um, look, I'm going to give you some coach speak here. I'm focused on New England. Oh, got to be one and zero this week. You know, I'm not going to get caught up in the scenarios. I'm aware of a lot of them. Uh, but you know, if the Bills want to make the playoffs this year, they got to go do it. They got to go earn it, and uh, that starts with. Take you know, going on the road to New England and trying to pull off a, a monumental uh, upset, uh, or losing, beating the Dolphins the following week, and, and hoping for a lot of good fortune. So, um, well, yeah, I don't had,
2: know. I have good news and bad news. All right. The good news is the Tennessee Titans are not winning out. <laughs> they got to play the no. Ram- they got to play the Rams and the Jags. Right. Not gonna happen. Uh, the bad news is the Baltimore Ravens are totally gonna win out. They have the Colts and the Bengals at home. Both
3: games at yeah. home. Yeah, well, um, yeah. Well, the Bills are playing a meaningful football game in Week 16. No, so you don't
2: want to play meaningful games in Week 16. You want to p- be playing meaningful games in Week 18, Joe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Week 18, Kyle.
3: I don't know much about that.
2: So. I know, but that's my point. Is you've had meaningful games in Week 16 and 17 before. Yeah, it's it's you know. Don't expect more of the same. Don't have, don't hold yourself and limit yourself to the same expectations. Right. Okay. Well, that's my. Coach. I just
3: don't want to get my heart broken again, Kyle.
2: Well, that's why we're draft dudes, <laughs> and yeah, that's well. why you listening to this show are probably draft dudes as well. I, I would guess the vast majority of you are uh, to channel my inner Bill Belichick onto twenty eighteen. We're uh, ready for this season to end and for our teams to. to uh, Uh, get the fast forward and and start over next year. So we are going to carry you through every bit of this process here on this show. So we highly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, stay in touch with us all throughout the winter. Uh, We will be at the 2018 Risa senior bowl. We are planning on being at the 2018 NFL combine. We are going to be broadcasting the 2018 NFL draft with our own analysis. And this is your pre-show Stuff. This is where we show our work. Uh, we have been working on this class since last May. Uh, we we really feel good. Uh, Joe, I feel confident speaking for both of us here. I feel, we feel really good about where we're at uh, with our knowledge base on this class, and uh, we look forward to continuing to let's rake the coals and uh, you know keep the conversation running hot. Keep you guys in the know as we find out stuff about the prospects. So please, please, please hit subscribe on this show and listen to us every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, It's one of the favorite things that I personally do as a draft analyst is this podcast because it gets us an outlet to get our thoughts out there uh, three times a week, which is a great gift. So uh, also make sure you swing over to NDTScouting.com and FanRike Sports. Keep up with all that Joe and I are putting out. Joe is on Twitter at the Joe Marino. I am on Twitter at ndtscouting. I'm Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. We will catch you all on Friday.
3: I am just, an icon. I am just an icon.